0: So if we recap a little before we <coughs> continue further we've uh, given a loose a loose list of um, elements or aspects that uh, we can identify that uh, constitute uh, the imaginal the fully imaginal <coughs> and um, We've said that there's a spectrum of the use of imagination, um, from, or uh, rather, well, spectrum of the skillful use of imagination. If we just take that part of the spectrum, um, from say just um, <clears throat> mindful imagination to all the way to the imaginal, um, so that uh, in relation to these elements that we um, want to aspects of the imaginal we want to point out and discern and uh, kind of develop our discernment and our uh, refinement of discrimination and noticing um, in relation to all that we're kind of um, there's some ambivalence, we're holding it all loosely so we do want to increase the precision and the the depth and the subtlety of our discernment um, because that's part of the whole work and uh, we want to kind of be loose with this so um, how many elements there are on the list um, <clears throat> is loose, depending on how we chop it up. And you'll see things are connected, or we could chop it differently, or say that's one, or then no, that's really two, or whatever. Um, and really, the the um, the intention is to encourage, you know, not certainly not to discourage, to get overwhelmed. Um, so we need a little looseness. There's a spectrum, and even what we mean by imaginal and soul-making and all that is something that has its own dynamic to it anyway, uh, which is, you know to some extent, relatively arbitrary. At what point of that evolution of a dynamic um, do we say a cutoff and say now it's imaginal? So all this is held kind of loosely, and I hope you can enter into that spirit of... Um, Looseness with precision or precision with with a kind of uh, ease to it and looseness and fluidity to it. Um, we also said certainly that the list wasn't exhaustive, uh, complete, we could add to it, etc., we could do it differently. Um, what uh, the, the elements, the aspects that we're pointing to um, apply both to so-called intrapsychic images and to... Um, Perceptions of material uh, things, selves, others, etc., um, objects in in the world. Um, so, it applies both to so-called intrapsychic images and to what we're going to call sensing with soul. Um, so, the first one of the first is. <sighs> One of the first things to say here is that, um, in the way we understand it, there is nothing that is inherently imaginal. So, something, uh, some object or thing or event, is imaginal for someone. And even then, for someone at a specific time. There's nothing that is, by itself, inherently imaginal so that um, uh, an imaginal image, or, or the imaginal, or sensing with soul, is, is a way of looking, a way of conceiving, a way of sensing an image or a perception. That's a better way of putting it. It's, it's a relationship. Um, it's a way of looking, conceiving, sensing a relationship with an image or a certain perception in any of the senses. That constitutes um, the the imaginal or sensing the soul. So the kind of relationship, when, when the relationship has certain elements in it or certain aspects to it, then something comes alive imaginally for us. At that time when the relationship is such. And we can also say, when when something is imaginable, there is a certain kind of relationship. Or in other words, sensing with soul is a relationship. It's a relationship that we're talking about. That has, uh, is characterized, and constituted by all these different aspects and elements. So someone might... Um, uh, have, have a film, or a book in mind, or a piece of art, or whatever it is, um, and that film, book, or piece of art might have um, kind of slightly surreal uh, or imagistic kind of um, representations in it, or forms, figures, characters. Um, they might be what seem to fit into the kind of classical Uh, quote, archetypes, you know, this film or whatever it is, oh, it has someone who's kind of a warrior, and it has someone who's kind of a king, and someone who's kind of a clown, and someone who's kind of a mysterious sort of uh, prostitute, and someone who's kind of a thief, and someone who's kind of a madwoman, or whatever, they're all kind of, we could say, oh, classical archetypes, or whatever, and we say, oh, it's an imaginal film, it's really imaginal, or it's an imaginal book, or something, but in our, in our conception, um, such a film, book, piece of art, whatever it is, is not necessarily imaginal. Um, nor, incidentally, is it, according to the way James Hillman would define archetypal, um, is it necessarily archetypal? Um. I'm not totally equating what we're doing with James Hillman's work but there's, there's that overlap there that it's more in the relationship it's more in, in the fruit of what an image or an object or a, a, a perception of something or other gives that um, qualifies it to have the word imaginal or archetypal um, according to our conception and also uh, in terms of the word archetypal also according to James Hillman's So, um, clown, warrior, king, prostitute, madwoman, thief, whatever it is. um, These are not inherent aspects of the imaginal, those kind of things. It's rather the relationship with um, anything at all, anything at all. Um, When that relationship... um, if you like, opens up, creates and discovers a sense of dimensionality, a sense of unfathomability, some kind of sense of divinity, some kind of sense of beauty that touches us, um, some kind of sense of meaningfulness for us, um, some kind of way that it echoes and mirrors Um, us and our lives in that meaningfulness Um, some kind of mystery some kind of eros um, some kind of potential expansion of the whole eros psyche, logos, dynamic all that and more when the relationship stimulates, triggers opens, um, invites creates and discovers all that then uh, we say this thing is imaginal so maybe that film book piece of art etc was all that did all that at a certain time for person a but for person b they look at it and they just see okay, it's okay you know it's not triggering that imagine why because the relationships that person a and person b each have with said film book uh, piece of art whatever it is um uh, are different one uh, constitutes, supports, fertilizes the the whole opening of the erotic imaginal. And one doesn't, you know? um, So some of these elements of the uh, relationship want to elaborate. Take take a little bit of time and re- elaborate some of them. Some just touch on, and some elaborate a bit more um, over the next uh, o- over this group of talks. Um, and one way of thinking about all this is is when, when we talk about an image, we think of an object. And I've also pointed out in, 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 in talks in the past, well, there's also the self gets involved, drawn into the imaginal constellation. We have the self becomes imaginal in relation to the imaginal other or object. And then the world does in cosmopoiesis and all that. So, so that's really important. But another, uh, kind of to expand on that, we could say that when we talk about an imaginal image, what we're really talking about, uh, or one way to understand what we're talking about, to, to kind of envisage what we're talking about, is that there are, it, there's a kind of a lattice, if you like, uh, um, not a lattice, a a lattice, um, which, uh, like a constellation, an arrangement of elements that are all connected with each other, like a kind of... um, yeah, I don't want to push this, but kind of like a fluid crystal structure or some, something like that. But A lattice, something like that, a constellation. And there are nodes or elements that are kind of discrete, but kind of not. Um, but as I said, they all join. And so when we talk about something being imaginal, or entering the world of the imaginal, or this relationship that supports, constitutes, opens, ignites the erotic imaginal, we're really talking about the lattice. There's a lattice there, and there are nodes in this lattice. And when something is fully imaginable, all the nodes are kind of um, firing, if you like, igniting, alive, um, mirroring each other, feeding each other, opening each other, uh, all that, reflecting each other and um, empowering each other. What this means for practice is uh, it's not just a matter of definition and pickiness, but it means that sometimes, if again, if we say there's a spectrum of the imaginal, oh, sorry, a spectrum towards the imaginal, of the uses of imagination, um, and then towards a so-called fully or genuinely or uh, authentically imaginal, then partly that has to do with How many, if you like, of these nodes in the lattice are firing together and kind of mutually empowering each other? How many are lit up? How many um, are alive that way? Uh, So... What this means in practice is that sometimes we can kind of nudge things along that spectrum to, when we have an image or a perception. We can nudge things along towards the more fully, authentically, genuinely imaginal by um, in, in a few different ways, but, but by taking into consideration of being aware of the different possible nodes in the imaginal constellation, in the lattice, and perhaps... Um, Wiggling one or jiggling one, just wiggle this particular one, um, for instance, um, the uh, the energy body, just come into a just bring bring that alive a bit more with a bit more awareness. sometimes it's a matter of doing something deliberate, like um, uh, other times it's a matter of uh, noticing. Noticing a certain element, a certain aspect, that we haven't fully noticed. It's there sort of, if you like, latently or potentially. And our mindful noticing of it and resonating with that particular note, say say the energy body, um, is... In that noticing it, that particular node then comes alive, um, becomes more imaginative. So here I am with this image, but it's not really fully imaginal. Here I am with this perception, it's not really fully sensing the soul. And, um, for instance, I I start to notice this sense of um, the way uh, it kind of in some way that's really hard to articulate fully, maybe able to partially articulate it, come back to this it, it echoes and mirrors my life and my journey um, and I, I start to just tune into that and allow that kind of, uh, allow and feel and notice and pay attention to, subtle sensitive attention to that echoing and mirroring of th- myself and my life with this image of um, for instance, or um, I start to notice how the energy body feels or I notice the sense of meaningfulness or, or whatever it is or I notice that it has this kind of um, oh yeah, it has this kind of Un- dimensionality and unfathomability, or, or whatever, or the, the the aspect of the kind of neither real nor not real, or somehow neither really applies there, the kind of imaginal middle middle way or theatre quality. So one possibility is just noticing, just gently kind of looking for a certain element, and Oftentimes, it's like it, as I said, it's there, it's latent, it's it's waiting, kind of in the just in the shade, in the dark, and our noticing it and attuning to it brings that particular node alive, and then the whole, uh, if you like, that node starts to ignite others. It's like blowing on a on a corner of a fire, and that 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 uh, sort of side of the fire or, or piece of wood ignites another one. Um, so we can say the noticing of one of these aspects, or sometimes it just takes one, um, can ignite that particular node, that particular aspect or element, and that can um, either suddenly or gradually um, illuminate, ignite, fire up... turn on the other nodes, and then the whole thing becomes um, imaginal. So it's like we we almost blow on a node. Um, Sometimes it's a matter of noticing it, sometimes it's a matter of kind of empowering it somehow. Um, Sometimes it's a matter of kind of, as I say, wiggling or jiggling it. So, for example, with the energy body, it might be just a different kind of way that we pay attention to the energy body, or imagining the body a certain way, um, or spreading the energy. For instance, that's what I mean by more wiggling or jiggling possibilities. So there's something very important in in all this, uh, in this, loosely speaking, list that we're going to go into. That's, as I said, very important for the refinement of the discernment, very important for the clarity, but also important for the practice, and, and potentially has a lot of powers, using the word keys or ignition points or whatever, to turn the whole thing on and move it towards the um, the fully or authentically imaginal. And, having said all that, we c- I feel quite strongly about this, that... Um, there's again a kind of middle way, because soul, and I'll probably come back to this as well, soul making and the imaginal, for me, involve an element of grace. Um, it's not uh, purely in, in the remit of what we can control with kind of clever techniques. Neither is it fu- fully out of that range. So it's like we are given something. Soul gives us something, opens a door for us. It's a grace. Um, it's never fully in our, that's the key word, it's never fully in our control or under our control or um, kind of mastered by our technique. There's always some mystery in it and some sense of receiving something. I think, gosh. You know, where did that come from? How did that soul, we could say in a certain way, soul is giving us something. Or it's showing us something of herself. Psyche is showing us something of herself, of her mystery. Uh, we are bestowed upon. We are recipients of grace. So to me, the that not just attitude, but that awareness, um, that acknowledgement, recognition, that um, there will always be a limit to our technique, and to the degree w- with which soul and soul-making and image are under our control, and and uh, kind of uh, mastered by our technical manipulations. And yet there is, uh, at the same time, um, we, we can do things, we can jiggle things and notice things and something comes alive. So I would like um, so much of this Conception and work involves straddling different conceptions and different attitudes, different orientations, somehow mysteriously holding both. Uh, this is really, really important. But on on, on the one hand, soul, uh, there's a grace involved. This soul is always bigger than me. It's always bigger than, and if you like, more powerful than my ego uh, and my will. And at the same time... There's uh, quite a lot we can subtly work with and support by our um, uh, placement of our attention, our attitude, our our kind of inner inner work, and uh, all, all that. What we could loosely uh, include under under the word technique. So straddling both those um, approaches or attitudes, if you like. Um, So I touched on the energy body we could actually start there um, I threw it in at some point in the list towards the end but we could we could start there and there's no order to the list there's no order in which excuse me there's no order in which these um, elements or nodes of the lattice kind of uh, need to ignite or or or, or um you know, progress this first and then that in some kind of linear way. So it's more like a a, a network of nodes or lights or something, and uh, you can enter from any direction as part of the beauty of it. But let's start with the energy body, Um, just to give an example, um, if you like. So what this means, I've already kind of said it, but let's just make it really clear that... Characteristic, we could say one element of our list, depending on how we divide up our list. One element of our list is characteristic of the imaginal. Um, something is not um, imaginal in our language, isn't, there is not the, the, the sensing with soul for us without the awareness of the energy body. So that's characteristic of the imaginal, characteristic of this constellation, this relational constellation as we go through the nodes of the lattice, you'll see that some more obviously seem to pertain to the object, and some more obviously seem to pertain to the subject. Um, But uh, all that kind of gets mixed up and expanded. But but if we just start with this, um, characteristic of the imaginal uh, and and that uh, uh, relational uh, constitution is awareness of the energy body, uh, a sensitivity to the what's happening in the energy or the experience of the energy body in the moment. What this means um, for practice, again, is that bringing awareness to the energy body, filling that um, energy body with awareness and sensitivity and the, the delicacy involved in that, um, tuning to it, including that in our awareness, as we pay attention to either a so-called intrapsychic image or or something else in, in the in the material world, um, including the energy body awareness, can uh, because it's a node in lattice can actually um, stimulate, uh, ignite, uh, fan the fire of, and and then uh, um, bring into uh, co-burning that the other nodes of the lattice, so that Bringing, um, bringing the including the energy body awareness, just just kind of noticing what's going on there, and just bringing, kind of turning the dial up on the awareness of the energy body and the sensitivity there, um, can stimulate the opening of the erotic imaginal, and and that has two aspects: the erotic part, meaning meaning that if there might be craving there, sometimes what happens as we bring the awareness to the energy body craving. Um if you like morphs into eros, we could say that there's a there's a trans uh, a transformation of of craving or grasping into eros, and we've talked a lot about the difference about uh, between those two in the past, so I'm not going to go into it right now, but because the energy body is is a node in the lattice um giving attention to that we kind of support that node to come alive. And then that might start to spread, and the, and the the whole thing becomes more imaginal, or or either completely uh, imaginal, so to speak. So there's a a mutual dependent origination um, of the between the nodes of of this. Um, uh, imaginal constellation of this lattice in other words uh, and again I touched on this just now but but let's say it again, so in other words when the um, energy body awareness is included and comes alive um, then either suddenly or gradually um, the soul making resonances might come alive or some other aspect um, of, of the nodes of the lattice and vice versa um, as we kind of uh, allow, let's say, the, the um, soul-making resonances to come alive, we start to feel, oh yeah, and I, and I feel some of those resonances in the body and it stimulates the energy body. But we could probably take any, any two, um, for example, elements of this lattice, nodes in this lattice, and, and say that they are mutually dependent, which means one gets stimulated, another gets stimulated, or they, or they, they kind of feed each other and they can trigger each other. So, if we were to give instructions, um, um, it might be that um, you know here I am working with um, an intrapsychic image, or working um, in relation to some something, some object, some person, uh, or uh, being in in the world. I'm kind of wanting to support sensing them with soul um, for that in relation to become marginal, and it's like, can I be, uh, as an instruction, can I just drop in perhaps the question or the encouragement to myself, can I be in relationship with this object, whatever it is, intrapsychic or otherwise, can I be in relationship with this object with the whole of my body? Sometimes I'm, I'm in relationship with just a part of my body, uh, with this other person or thing, uh, or I'm just relating through the eyes, or just through one sense, or just through my head center, or just through my heart sense, whatever it is, can I somehow put my whole body in relationship with this other? And actually, uh, and that includes the the whole body, the whole energy body, I'm feeling it, and I'm feeling it in relationship. What is it that I sense this other, this object or this person or whatever, with my whole body. Um, and within that, including that, is, is my whole body is, um, I'm, I'm aware of the energy body there and the, what's, what that feels like, what my sense of it is. So I'll come back and talk more about this whole concept of the, the nodes in the lattice or the imaginal constellation and, um, and the, the kind of ignition of that, and I'll say a bit more about that later. But I hope you get the general principle of what I'm talking about, and um, it, it's really, really worth including this awareness and starting to experiment with it and uh, kind of noticing the magic here. Um, while we've touched on the energy body, just to kind of recap, because so many of these concepts can be, um, confusing or, um, hard to get clear and, um, in a way, it's tricky because in a way they are open concepts and not so clear and that's part of, for me, part of the beauty, um, it might be frustrating and just confusing for people, but, um, Partly, I think my articulation is evolving over time, but partly the concepts themselves, and we'll come back to this, um, are deliberately um, kind of, uh, they don't have hard edges. I've talked about that before and I'll talk about it again. Um, But just to say, so what do we mean by energy body? Um, Energy body is again, is actually a way of looking and conceiving rather than a particular experience. So when we say energy body, it's a whole range of experience, but it's, um, uh, it's a way of looking and of conceiving. So it's a way of looking at this um, bodily experience, a way of sensing this body bodily experience that feels the space of the body as a field of energy or vibration or texture. And that has a huge range in it, a huge range. Um, so it could be very, very solid, very dense, very kind of, if you like, earthy, from a certain certain use of that word, um, all the way to extremely ethereal, uh, and uh, etc., and everything in between. So it's a way of looking, a way of sensing, that feels the space or the body as a field of energy, vibration, texture, with all the range that's included in that, potentially. And it's a way of conceiving that does not limit the body, or the idea of the body, to only the conventional, um, scientific, materialist, and and typical modern conception of body, or modern view of body. For example, that it's just flatly material, that somehow this is just matter without any depth or dimensionality or soul to it, um, that somehow comes, and when you fire the neurons up, you get something called consciousness, which is no one quite understands how, but it's kind of, it's basically... um, uh, the matter itself is just uh, flatly conceived um, according to the typical sort of classical scientific materialism and the conception that really only that understanding is the true understanding that's the only way to really understand what the body really is um, in other words in terms of this kind of physicalist reductionism or even, or even a physical physicalist systems theory you know, people say, oh, that's not reductionist. Yeah, in when we're talking about something beyond that as well, you say, "Well, the body is a kind of system or of physical elements that kind of emerges something uh, higher than just purely purely the matter. Um, and also included in, in a kind of this non... this conception that doesn't limit the conception of the body to only typical modern views. It means also... That the body and the sense of the body and the, the, the conception of the body is not, it's not being judged according to socially fashionable notions of attractiveness. So energy body is a way of looking and of conceiving that, that embraces all that. Um, while we're on the subject, um, let me just point out, and this may be something that we come back to... Um, let me just point out again, it, it, it's connected to the whole idea that any, any concept we're using is kind of connected with other concepts and exactly where it shades into another concept is, is uh, not rigidly defined, not rigidly um, uh, and clearly kind of demarcated. But let's say something at the risk of confusing. I think it just fills out a little bit this business about body and energy body. And I would say, um, whenever there is any sense of body, any time there is any sense of body, there is some concept, some image, and some inner felt sense of that body. Okay, any sense of body, there is some concept of what that body is, some concept or other, some kind of image of it. You know, the, visual image, or whatever, and some inner felt sense of that body. Now, uh, the concept, um, so this includes energy, body, and just any time, any sense of body. The concept, um, it may be, for example, that typical scientific materialist, biological conception of bones, organs, tissues, etc., of which, which are composed of cells, which are themselves composed of kind of intercellular structures, etc., etc., and all these, are, in this view, are in interactive relationship with each other and with the outer material environment. So that's a certain concept, and maybe that. It may be at other times, and some of you will have tasted this kind of thing. Maybe that the body is is made of light. And so there is a concept that actually there's a kind of light body, um, a subtle body of light. It may be uh, the concept, for instance, emerging from certain meditative experiences, for instance, some of the, some, uh, some jhanic experiences. So say, for example, one comes out of the sixth jhana and the, the, uh, the realm, the jhana, the sphere of infinite consciousness, um, or something sim- similarish to that. And one really has the conception uh, and, and the sense that the body's substance is actually consciousness. That all this matter is actually consciousness. And it's a kind of cosmic consciousness or whatever. That would be a very typical concept um, arising sort of in the after effect of, of the sixth jhana, for example. So it could be... There's all, but there's always... At any time there's a sense of body, there's some concept. We might not be aware of what the concept is, or fully articulated or something. There's some kind of concept operating any there is any sense of body, I would say. And I also said there's some kind of image um, any time there's any sense of body. Um, uh, now, that image may be one of, of space, so... Uh, uh, like the... the uh, you know, the nature of the body is, is space. It's also an image of space. Um, for example, from the fifth jhana, um, the image at any point when there's any sense of the body, the image may be imaginal in the sense that we've been using that word, um, so that then the, the the body is perceived as kind of numinous, multi-dimensional, possessing its own autonomous intelligence, uh, etc. All these other aspects of the imaginal constellation that we're that we're going into um, in these talks. And of course, uh, the image of the body at some time may be a very non-imaginal image or perception. It's just kind of in my mind's eye, I see the contours of of a body. And there's nothing numinous or um, multidimensional or certainly not that it has its own intelligence or anything. It's just a body Um, in in the usual uh, kind of sense of the word. The image itself is a little flat. Um, so there's always some concept, there's always some image, and there's always some felt sense, some inner felt sense of that body, of the texture of sensation in the space of the body, uh, in the space the body is perceived to exist, um, always has some sense. And again, that sense might be, it's just, uh, there is an absence there, and again, that would be more... Um, more akin to some of the formless jhanas, that kind of felt sense there is there is a disappearing of, of a felt sense, but you still have the felt sense of um, absence, of non-solidity of space. So there's always some kind of felt sense or other. Um, uh, the sense of, of some kind of density, some kind of field of feeling or vibrational energy, and again, the, the range is, is huge. Now, of course, all these three, concept, image and felt sense that are part of, if you like, bodily experience, the phenomenon of the body for us, they're actually, again, interrelated and not separate. They overlap each other. And just a little examination of your experience you're, uh, and thinking about this, you'll see that. So we say, we say, it's good to delineate things and it's also not good to not get too stuck on these deline- delineations. Some concept, some image, and some inner felt sense. And they they overlap. Uh, So why are we we saying this? We're we're partly saying this, um, talking and delineating this way, not to claim or even attempt a description of truth. This is the truth of the body. This is the reality of the body. It's really this kind of matter, or it's really that kind of matter, or or whatever. We're saying all this, and we're making these delineations in order to help open up the possibilities of experience, of image into the imaginal, of conception, of energy, of perception, and emotion, in fact, um, uh, of of body, matter, self, others, world, world, soul, and cosmos. We want, by opening up these, uh, making these discriminations, opening up and putting them in relation to each other, it kind of stimulates an awareness that can then unblock, because we're not trapped in certain conceptions that we're not really even aware that we have. Um, So we want to unblock what may, without our even realizing it, be blocking or inhibiting these openings of soul-making. So that's behind all these kind of um, uh, delineations, discriminations, and all that, definitions. Okay, but going back to our main point, the energy body awareness is um, one node in this um, lattice that's mutually dependently arising that can help us uh, in, in noticing it, in wiggling or jiggling it, in tuning to it, and blowing on that ember, if you like, brings it, uh, fires it up more, ignites it up more, and that can um, uh, support the opening of the whole, the ignition of the whole lattice into something um, more profoundly, fully, authentically imaginal. <coughs> uh, another aspect, um, that is, if you like, intrinsic to what we would call um, uh, imaginal images or sensing with soul, is that um, the imaginal and sensing with soul um, open up soul-making. It's kind of a circular definition. And we will return to this word soul-making. I've talked a lot about it in the past, but we'll we'll return to it even in this set of talks. But um, basically, um, that's an element if you like of the imaginal constellation is that um, there is a sense of soul making um, something is only imaginal if it brings soul making we're only sensing the soul if we can if there's some sense of soul making there so what then is the relationship between uh, this would be a second element that we're just focusing on right now what and and then what then is the relationship between Sorry, so the first one's energy body, the second one is this, is this well it supports and opens and stimulates soul making. Um, but if we dwell on the second one, this business of soul making, and as I said I'll return to it. Um, what is the relationship then between imagination and soul making? Not imaginal and soul making, but imagination and soul making. Um, so, in the way again, we're using that term soul making. It, 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 as I said, it, it may be quite different. Um, actually, uh, share a lot of elements with how other people may use it, or how you may understand it at this point. But there's there's quite a few differences as well. Um, so, soul making um, implies, in in our in our kind of definition, if you like, implies um, that. Eros and Psyche and logos. logos concept are involved and worked or stretched in, in the process, in the dynamic of soul-making. Eros, Psyche and Logos are, are involved and worked and stretched. Now Psyche, we said in previous retreats and talks, when we use the word Psyche, one of the meanings we mean is, is image the image, that is also the, the collection of images or, or whatever. So, um, in the Eros Psyche Logos dynamic, the psyche, the image, it, it may not be image in the obvious sense. In other words, there's an image that I see intrapsychically, or this object that I'm looking at or whatever um, in the world. It, it may be more the fantasy of what is happening and the self in relationship or in the process of of what's happening. So, for example, I might have given this example in some of the other talks on Eros. Um, For example, a person practicing with dedication and and kind of opening up the jhanas deliberately and kind of going step by step and piecing it together and kind of really beginning to feel like, First of all, this is amazing, you know, what, what beautiful states, what a, what a blessing to be able to um, open to these kind of things and discover them and be nourished and resourced uh, by these, uh, these dimensions, etc. But secondly, uh, one is struck on that path, on, on the Jhanic path as one develops it, um, one is struck like, wow this is this is what the Buddha was talking about. It just totally fits the description when he gives those um, uh, beautiful images of the the spring fed by an underground uh, sorry the lake fed by an underground spring um, and, and such and then he delineates what 's involved in second jhana third jhana and and one just absolutely recognizes intuitively this is this is absolutely what he was talking about, and then one feels this. Um, this kind of beautiful connection between oneself and and the Buddha, and the whole 2,500-year tradition um, carried on. And here, little old me is experiencing what the Buddha was talking about, and I recognize it from the words, and it's been handed to me through the tradition. I'm walking that path, and who knows then what else will will be able to open. Um, so there's a kind of uh, fantasy there, actually, in the good sense um, of uh, the, the beauty of that connection, the inspiration of it, the the fantasy of the self um, on on the path, which is also fantasy, and the tradition, which is also fantasy. The whole thing. Um, so that's one aspect of what of of the way image or fantasy is uh, working there with the jhanas, which in themselves are actually. Non Non-ima- non imagistic states. They're they're the quieting of mental representation and image, um, by by definition almost. Um, but it also might be uh, that the soul making pertaining. Um, actually, let's let's go another way around. say so. Um, yeah, the soul making might be. Uh, or, or can arise, when something is new for us, when we are opening up new territory that feels meaningful, that has a kind of beauty, and is beyond what we already know, it possesses something like, I, I'm in contact with this, let's say Ajana, uh, Ajana's opening, and I'm, it's new to me, I haven't totally, thoroughly, kind of, Become utterly familiar with it, and that that takes a while to get used to. Jars. It's still new. It's still got this kind of um, uh, otherness of beyondness that I can get to know more of. So it, it becomes an object of eros for me, of attraction. Um, uh, so, but but it doesn't involve image in the usual sense. Um, But anything that, when we're at the stage with something that's just opening for our psyche, for our consciousness, for our being, so for instance jhanas, or it might just be um, heart work, that we've never really done any heart work, and then we come to retreats, guy house retreats and and some of the teachers talking so beautifully and encouraging this kind of um, uh, sensitivity to, to one's heart, and the opening of the heart, and the the valuing of the, the beauties in the heart and the vulnerability and the honesty with oneself about about one's heart and the honesty with others, perhaps. Um, and all this might be new. It's new territory. We're expanding into something and for a while it stays new. And when it's new and meaningful and beautiful like that and attractive, even though we might be a little daunted, um, then in that stage of newness and beyondness and, and it creates a more for me, an expanding my being, if you like, um, opening new territory of expansion, then that there can be soul making in relation to that thing, and, and as I said, and the thing itself and the self in that process can become uh, fantasy as well, but it might not be an image in the usual sense in, or in the, in the commonly thought of sense, yeah. Uh, and again, just body awareness. Someone may may never have done any body awareness. I remember back to my um, really first years, I was very young, starting meditation. And just coming into my body, it was like, wow, wow. And and even, even more than that, I remember, um I think I might have told this story before, I, I started learning meditation in a class, a weekly class. And the homework, uh, I think it was for the first week, was to do five minutes of meditation a day. Not half an hour, not 45 minutes, five minutes. And uh, so I dutifully did that. I was very taken by the, the teachings as I first heard, and I dutifully did that. And... It was like opening a whole world. That five minutes, um, it was, and I went back to the teacher and said, wow, it's just unbelievable. Like, I really feel different. And I couldn't quite, I was struggling to articulate it with him. What, 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 what had happened? He said, that's mindfulness. I said, oh, mindfulness. And, and um, uh, to just that five it was new for me. Um, and, and so there can be soul-making, there was soul-making in relation to that, and again, in relation to this path, what I'm discovering, what's being stretched, etc. But it's not an image in the usual sense, uh, or the typically understood sense. And again, like I said, jhana's body awareness, energy body might be new, and it's like, wow, and that that itself uh, stretches us, and may um, again, we have a sense, and a fantasy of ourselves, on the path of practice, that whole thing becomes fantasy there. Or playfulness. You know we emphasize, or I, I've emphasized a lot, you know, um, the importance of playfulness in practice. Um, and again, someone might have had very little of that in their life, and then they begin to let themselves have some playfulness, and that feels soul-making at first. just the playfulness itself, because something is being uh, expanded, um, drawn into new territory. With with all this meaningfulness and beauty and kind of beyond what I already know, yeah. so but these elements—playfulness, um, heartfulness, energy, body awareness—in themselves, um, they are necessary and integral elements of the uh, of imaginal practice of sensing the soul and the imaginal constellation. So playfulness, heartfulness, energy, body awareness, I didn't mention some of them before, but um, they are also necessary and integral, but in themselves, they do not um, make something um, uh, soul-making. Just playfulness um, in itself, or um, they don't make something imaginal either. They may if they're new. Um, <clears throat> conversely, we've, we've already said actually in the previous talks of this set um, mindful imagination or embodied imagination is not necessarily imaginal nor soul making in our sense so when we use um, our imagination it might be skillful, it might be really helpful use of the imagination but there's a kind of reductionism involved, we're kind of reducing it or we're making it a bit too literal or we're narrowing it down to a kind of singularity of meaning X or Y or we're viewing this image and this image work in the service solely of my personal growth or even primarily of my personal growth or that it represents part of me Um, all these kind of attitudes, those kind of elements won't allow the um, full and authentic imaginal um, and they will limit. It won't be that there can't be any soul making. I hope this all makes sense. It won't be that there can't be any soul making, but but um, it will limit the the degree and depth and fullness and range of soul making that's possible. So, in other words, again, just some. It, it's possible to uh, have the use of the imagination is skillful and helpful, beneficial uh, use of the imagination without it being soul-making or uh, that the soul-making is very limited. Um, If, though, using the imagination at all, um, skillfully, is something new. But previously it just wasn't allowed in one's tradition or one's upbringing or whatever it was. And then we're introduced to it or we're allowing it. that skillful use of the imagination, because of the newness, um, is, uh, may, may be soul-making, to some, to some degree is soul-making. So any skillful imagination is not necessarily imaginal, any skillful use of imagination is not necessarily imaginary, but it may be soul-making. And similarly, one might have an image that's actually, again, from a book, from a daydream, from a um, film, or whatever. Uh, there's an image, there's a, 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 an imagine, Im, imaginative form, a form as image. And it might really touch our heart. Um, maybe maybe even makes us cry maybe cry with tears of compassion really beautiful and important to be touched by that um, but it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily imply just because where the heart is very touched that it's necessarily imaginal or that it's necessarily soul making in itself so soulfulness is um, if you like bigger than heartfulness. It includes heartfulness. um, But it's more than, it involves much more than heartfulness. Um, Again, heartfulness, uh, in a certain kind of language, you could say heartfulness is um, a a necessary uh, but not sufficient element of the imaginal constellation. So the imaginal does touch our heart in in lots of different ways. Um, But in itself, heart being touched or heartfulness is not Um, Is not enough for something to qualify as imaginal. Okay, let me just uh, highlight one more uh, element or node, um, and then we'll we'll call it a day for today. Um, And I mentioned this in the list before, I think it might have been the first one even. Love, loving and being loved. Again, we could count that as two or just one, um, but that would be, in our list as we're going through it now, would be the third one, loving and being loved. In other words, um, both the imaginal and sensing with soul include um, include a sense of being loved by this uh, imaginal object or other, or being, or whatever. Um, and I've, I've talked about this before, I'm just mentioning it now, just to highlight it. Um, I've talked about it before. The love in the um, imaginal, or the love of the imaginal, from the imaginal, always has a particular kind of flavor or character, particular to that image and that other. They love us. This um, <clears throat> imaginal being, imaginal figure, loves me, in a, in a very particular way that kind of goes with its character and goes with our particular relationship. It may evolve too, it may change. But there, it's so, I think the reason I'm mentioning this is um, sometimes we have, oh, love looks like this, and it's, uh, um, you know, we, we limit what love can look like and feel like, how it can manifest. And I've talked about this before, sometimes we, we get too narrow in our idea or vision of what love is. There's very different kinds of love. And some loves are, so, so to speak, tough loves or kind of more stern or distant or disciplined or, or um, etc. And some are really soft and warm and um, melty and comforting and uh, easeful, you know. And it's all love. And a and so part of tuning to an imaginal uh, figure or object is 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 tuning to, discerning and feeling into the particular quality or characteristic flavor of the love that is there, of the being loved that is there. Sometimes the being loved is not even obvious at all, and, and a person doesn't see that. But but we start to see, oh yeah, there is love here. And again that ignites, stimulates that particular node of the lattice, and that can stimulate um, others, it can help us to enter and open up more fully the, f- the the authentically imaginal. It moves us on that spectrum, and similarly, the the love is two ways. So again, we might be more aware that we love this um, tree and the tree, but we're not quite. Able, we don't notice yet that, that how the tree loves us is particular kind of loving, or vice versa. We notice one direction of the love that that flows, that moves, that connects and passes between us um, and not the other. So whether you count them as two or one, that's um, a a part of what we can notice and um, and even actually jiggle with, and I'll come uh, jiggle, uh, wiggle, uh, blow on. So actually affirming our love, for instance, Um, is more than just noticing that we love. I'll come back to actually I hope, in a later talk. What is it to actually speak, I love you? To say that, to to feel it, uh, not just to feel it and notice that we love, but actually to affirm it, to make that gesture. So sometimes it's that kind of wiggling or jiggling or empowering that actually... Uh, stimulates the love, which can then stimulate the, the sense of being love, perhaps, and or just generally the whole other node, uh, the other nodes of the lattice, of the whole lattice. And sometimes, as I said, it's much more so. It's just about noticing, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, there's that. Oh, how beautiful. There is that element of love there, and just tuning to it, uh, bringing that sensitivity to notice uh, what kind it is, and linger with it, and resonate with it and vibrate with it, so to speak. Let it touch the soul. Okay, let's let's stop there. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.